this lesson is going to flow right from my last lesson. I'm going to talk about, again, one of the three scriptures that I feel like deserve to be underlined, beg to be underlined in the Gospels. And there are many more, but at least these three. And a scripture that we need to, to memorize and have on our hearts. And, of course, it's the Great Commission. It's from Matthew chapter 28. And uh, as, you, as we look at this scripture, you know, and we think about this scripture, I want us just to realize that, uh, that really this scripture flows out of what we just discussed about loving God. We love God, therefore we share with people. We love God, therefore we love people. We love God, therefore we are evangelistic. And we care about people around us. Well, this scripture is a, a great scripture in Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And when you see the word therefore in the Bible, you got to ask what it's there for. You've heard that before. Therefore, go. And actually, it's a participle. Therefore, as you are going. And the real command is make disciples. So, therefore, as you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, or surely I'm with you to the ends of the age. For ages. And again, I mentioned that's the symbol crash. That's the end of Matthew. And that's just Matthew hitting that symbol and going, let it ring. Keep listening to this. I want you to have this ringing in your ears. This is the last thing that Jesus said. Just listen, listen. As you're going, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them. And it's that therefore is... You know, the transition, it's all based on Jesus saying, and this is pretty amazing that he starts this way. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The Great Commission is based on the authority of Jesus. So even if it's not the last thing in the Gospel of Matthew, and it is, and if Matthew wasn't giving that symbol crash, Jesus gives it the crash by starting it that way. When Jesus says all authority is in heaven and on earth, the whole universe, all authority has been given to me, therefore, he's saying, pay attention now. Listen up. This is really important. And he begins with, as you are going, and then make disciples, baptize them, teach them. We'll talk about those components here in just a moment. But... I wanted to begin by just us recognizing that we are empty tomb Christians. This great commission and this call for evangelism, call for sharing our lives with the world, comes from the fact that Jesus not only died on the cross, but he rose from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, those disciples would still be in that upper room wondering what to do next. But because Jesus rose... He sent them throughout the world to make disciples. 
at some, you know, I've been, I've been all, all over Israel, really, in the year that I was there, saw all kinds of sites, have taken trips back there and, and taken tours and led tours and that type of thing. And as we were going down the, the street one day, we, we stopped by the bus just looking out the window. Actually, we were in a car. We were in a car with our children, and I just saw this outside the window. So I stopped the car, and I was like, well, look at that. There's the tomb. There's a tomb that there's a stone that's rolled away. And this is a first century tomb. And you see them like this in Israel. And somewhere in Israel, there was a tomb like that that wasn't used very long. Jesus was there on a Friday and he was up by Sunday morning. And it's because of that that it changed the lives of the disciples that followed him and thus changed the world. We have to believe in the resurrection. We have to believe that Jesus rose from the dead and then gives us resurrection power in our own lives. And here's the thing. If you have resurrection power in your life, how can you not share that with other people? I mean, it's the greatest thing. Jesus has made us new people. Therefore, we go out and we share what we have learned with other people. Stephen Davis says it this way. God gives all Christians a commission. We are not to sit idly by doing nothing but daydreaming about the glories to come. Far from a denial of this life, the Christian message of resurrection is an affirmation of life here and now. This world is important. It is a gift and a mission field that God has given us. Our job as Easter Christians is to tell people, as Mary did, that the Lord is risen. We are empty tomb Christians, and our job is to go out and to proclaim Jesus is risen. I heard about this church building that at the end of the parking lot, just before they left the church facility, they put up a sign, and they said, the mission field begins here. Sometimes we think of missions as going around the world, doing things in foreign countries, but we all live in a mission field. The mission is all around us. And as empty tomb Christians, we're to share what we have learned, share what we have found with people all around us. Dallas Willard asks this question, is the Great Commission still the Great Commission or is it the Great Omission? And in, he wrote this to the evangelical church because in many evangelical churches, the Great Commission has become the Great Omission in their churches. But I am afraid that if we aren't careful in our church, it could become the Great Omission as well. We have to keep the mission in front of us. We don't come to church on Sundays just to be together as disciples. We come here to regroup so that we can go out and be in the world and love people the way that Jesus loved people. The mission is all around us. And so we need to ask in our own lives today, what about for you? Is the Great Commission still the Great Commission in your life or has it become the Great Omission? If it's become the great omission, we can change that. It's a matter of getting a new vision of the cross or maybe a revision of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus and understanding that Jesus has put this before us. We're to make disciples and we're to go out and fulfill this great commission. And there are really four components to that. I'm just going to talk about them really, really briefly here. The first is as you are going. And that's what it says in the Greek. It says, as you are going. Not go is an imperative verb, but Jesus knew that they would be going. 
He knew that every person, we are all, we're all going places. We're mobile. We're around people all the time. And he's not really saying, no, no, just set your mind and go. He's just saying, you're going to be going. Make disciples as you go. And that's the point of that first part there. We, we, let's, as we're going and just living life, think about making disciples. So that when you're standing beside someone at the bank, you're not just standing beside them as another person. You're a disciple of Jesus. You're an empty tomb Christian. And as you're beside them, going to the bank, share what you know. Or in the line in a movie. Or at school. Or on your job. Or in your neighborhood. Just as you're living your life, let your life shine. Let your light shine. And just as you're going, share what you know with others. And uh, this is a, one way of putting this, is walking slowly through people. I love that. I heard that in John Maxwell. John Maxwell says, Jesus went, saw, felt, and cared. It's only when we go and expose ourselves to various situations that we will see enough to develop the concern necessary to move us to action. Then he said, it's difficult to become motivated to help people without first seeing and feeling their needs. The secret is to spend time with them. Only when you go and see will you feel and do. But this idea of walking slowly through people, Maxwell talks about that. So uh, you know, this, I like this sign, keep calm and walk slowly. But pay attention. Pay attention to people around you. Walk slowly through people. Notice what's going on in their life. See what's happening with them. And then lend a helping hand. Or put your arm around somebody that needs a hug. Or just share what you know with somebody. But walk slowly through people. Now, I, don't know, I like kung fu movies. I don't know if you like kung fu movies. Martial arts movies. I studied kung fu for a, a number of years. And um, became a black sash in kung fu. And so as I was going through that, I watched a lot of kung fu movies. And one of the things I like, especially about the new movies with all the special effects, is when they slow it down, you know, and they, th they throw something and it just goes frame by frame, you can see it. And you see the guy duck and he just ducks and he's like, I could go all the way to the floor and come right back up, but I don't want to, yeah, I'm not going to do that right now, but you know, I could. Right, yeah, but I'm not going to do that right now. But I love that. And, you know, I think there are times that's how we need to be as disciples. You know, we need to just slow down and look at people around us. And it just become like, and see what's happening. And then just share with people. You know, when you slow down and you walk slowly through people, you begin to notice things. And then it gives you opportunities to share. And it gives opportunities for you to let your light shine. I remember years ago, I was walking through uh, a dormitory at NYU. And I just decided, and I don't even know why this, uh, this happened. I just decided, let me just knock on this door. Let me just walk slowly here. I don't even know if there's anybody in the room. But let me just walk slowly. And I just knocked on the door. And this tall guy, about six foot five guy, comes out. And I say, you know, I just happened to be walking by your room, and I want to invite you to a Bible talk. And he spoke with a very thick French accent because he actually happened to be from Zaire at the time, Democratic Republic of the Congo now. And uh, 
I, I said, my name is Steve, and he said, my name is Didier, and I said, you know, we're about to have a Bible talk. Would you like to come? And he said, he, he didn't really have to even think about it. He said, yes, yes, I want to come. And that was over 30 years ago, and Didier is still a disciple today with his wife, with a family. And just because for some reason I slowed down, I was headed to Bible talk, and I just slowed down in this one door. I said, let me just knock on this door. Let me just see what happens here. Didier was new to the country. And years later, I didn't know this, but years later, I was talking to Didier, and he said, Steve, you know, you knocked on my door that day, and I really appreciate you doing that. Why did you do that? And I said, I don't, I don't know, Didier. I just, I just decided to knock on a door. The Spirit was prompting me, and I just knocked on your door. And he said, well, you were the second person to knock on my door that day. And I said, well, who was the first? And he said, she was a prostitute. And she invited me to have sex. I said no to her, and I said yes to you. And that's just God. God does that. I didn't do that. God does that. And I think when we give God those type of opportunities, it's amazing what he can do. I love watching my wife with people because she's so good with people. I shared about this in another speech, but I'll share one more story about my, my wife, Lee, and with people. She just becomes friends so quickly. We sat down on a plane, and there was a young lady next to her. And so Lee took that middle seat to sit by her. She started up a conversation with this young lady. She just graduated from college. She was an actress. We were flying from L.A. to New York, and she was in, studying acting and was an actress. And they, they, they literally talked the whole five hours without a break. I was sitting over there trying to read my book, you know, and, uh, and, and they just kept talking about everything. I mean, anything and everything. By the end of that flight, Lee had her, her phone number, her Facebook contact, you know, and just really they... they, they They've been friends ever since that flight. They continually stay in contact uh, with each other. And that's just because she sat down and she slowed things down. And as she was going, she started a conversation. You see this in the ministry of Jesus. He sits down by the well. He has a conversation with a Samaritan woman. Ends up, the whole village knows about him through that one person. He just did it as he was going. And as we're going, we need to slow down. Slow down and be with people. And then, as we're with them, share. It also talks about baptizing them. We're to make disciples, baptizing them. And uh, this is the new birth. You know, it's, it's, it's such a joyful thing. This is my daughter Chelsea when she was baptized. And I'll never forget that day. Um, Chelsea went through some struggles as a teenager. Shared about that a little bit yesterday. And so did Daniel. And I'll never forget the joy of seeing both of them make Jesus Lord of their life. But you know what? Every time I see a baptism, I feel a little bit of that. There was a little bit, there was a baptism last Sunday uh, in, in a pool in someone's backyard. And, and we went because we knew the parents. And uh, what a joy to see someone make Jesus the Lord of their life. And is there anything greater that we do as disciples than seeing someone make that commitment, give their life over to Jesus, become a new person, and then live life in a new way? You know, I, I, we, we baptize people in all kinds of ways. I've seen baptisms in, in you know, water, water uh, drums, that sort of thing. 
baptize people in pools. In New York, we baptize people in fountains. Uh, sometimes we break the ice on things to baptize people. It's not the water, but it's what happens there. Somebody giving their heart over and making Jesus Lord. And so let's not forget the joy of that experience. And let's share Jesus with people. We make disciples. We teach people to obey as we make disciples. It doesn't end at baptism. The journey begins at baptism. There's a lot more work after baptism. Sometimes getting the person to be baptized is the easy part. It's maturing them in Christ afterwards. That's the work. And we need to make sure that we're putting as much thought and prayer and time and consideration in to helping people grow and mature as we did to help them get them to the water of baptism. Teaching people to obey. This is a really important part of our ministry. Even it says in Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9, Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. That's about Jesus. That Jesus had to learn to obey. He learned obedience through suffering. And really, learning to obey, that's a tough part of the journey. And people need help. And so as we grow and mature, we need to look for people around us that we can help, that we can teach them. But we also, in our own lives, we need to be eager to learn. You know, be, be the type of person who wants to learn. When you get with people, ask questions. You know, see what's going on uh, in their life so that you can learn from them. I appreciate Mike Tolliver so much because Mike discipled me in the ministry. He appointed me as an evangelist. And one of the things that Mike always taught me to do was ask questions. Steve, have a piece of paper and write things down. He expected me when I came to times with him to be discipled by him, to have a list of questions ready. And that's just who Mike is. Mike always wants to learn. He's always looking for different ideas that he can try out. He's always looking for ways to grow. And I appreciate that he has that kind of heart. And I want to have that kind of heart. Mike taught all the people that he was discipling in, in in Africa to be the same way and had such an influence on the continent of Africa and there's such learners there and, and most of that comes from Mike and just the heart that Mike has. I remember one time I landed in Johannesburg, South Africa and I, uh, the flight there was at the time the longest direct flight in the world. I'd been on a plane for 21 hours, 21 hours and all I wanted to do was find a bed to, to rest my head in. You know, I wanted, I didn't even want to shower. I just wanted to sleep. And I was pretty stinky at the time, 21 hours on a plane. But I wanted to lie down. I wanted to go to sleep. This young couple in the ministry picks us up from the airport. I'd never met them. They had never met us. And they were taking us to the place where we were going to spend the night. It was a 45-minute drive. I was dead. I was so brain dead. But because Mike had trained them to be learners, they asked question after question after question after question. And I was sitting there thinking, I cannot answer another question. And then here comes another question. They asked me about marriage. They asked me about parenting. I have no idea to this day what I said to them. I can't remember a single word. I hope it was good. I hope the Spirit was working. Because I might have messed up their lives. I was so brain dead. Well, that's all Mike. That's who Mike is. And he taught them that. And, and so 
They were, they were asking questions. They were learners. They had that kind of heart. Do we have that kind of heart today? I think sometimes as we get older in the Lord, we can lose that spirit. We can lose that spirit of growth and learning and being teachable and being humble and asking questions. Let's not do that. Let's be as eager to learn today as when we were first baptized. Let's continue to grow and continue to see things that we need to change. And let's be bold and let's, 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 you know, people that know us, let's just ask them, what do you see in me that needs to change? When's the last time you asked that question? It's a beautiful question to ask, but be ready. You know, pray for a humble heart before you ask it, because they might just tell you what you need. And so be ready when you ask it. But that's my point. Let's ask. Let's get our hearts ready. Let's be teachable. And then when you look at what Jesus says here, he says, closes it out by saying, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. I love this part of the Great Commission. Absolutely love it. I had a daughter, uh, an aunt, a great aunt, actually. Her name was Dada. We called her Dada. Her name was Hattie Lee Duggar, actually, southern lady from Tennessee. And uh, she was a self-made woman. She, she ran an ice cream shop and then sold that and ran a, a hotel. And she was really an amazing person. One of the, um, as much influence in my life as anyone else. One of the most positive people I've ever met. I never heard her say a negative thing about anyone or anything. Just so positive. And I asked her one day, I said, Dada, you know, you take these Greyhound buses everywhere. You guys remember Greyhound buses, right? And uh, she used to always, she would travel. She'd go to Chattanooga, different places from Nashville. She'd always go on a bus. And I said, Dada, and she had money, you know. I mean, she ran a hotel. And I was like, or it was her hotel. She owned a hotel. And I said, Dada, I know you can afford to fly. Why do you take these buses? You could get there a lot faster if you were to fly. And she said, Steve, have you never read the end of the book of Matthew? Jesus promises us something there. He says, lo, I will be with you always <laughs> to the end of the age. And I love my Aunt Dada so much, I couldn't correct her. I just, I just let it go, you know, let it, let it slide. But I love this promise. Jesus says, I'm with you. I will be with you. And I don't know about you, but when I'm sharing with people, I need that. I need that promise. Because as I said before, I'm a bit of a quiet guy. I'm a bit of an introvert. I just, it's tough for me to t start up conversations. I learn a lot from my wife, and I watch her, and she's amazing at it. But for me, I need to know that Jesus is right there with me. And when I picture that, and I see him there with me. It gives me much more confidence. It helps me to be bolder. It helps me to just start that conversation, just to launch into whatever topic that I can think to, to launch into. It makes me realize that Jesus is going to give me the words, that he's going to keep the conversation going because he is with me. He's with me all the time. Jesus is present with me, and I appreciate that presence. You know, it's like you're having someone there who's just, who's just like cheering you on. And I think that's, that's how I picture it. Jesus is there. He's like, go, Steve. Share. Here's someone. You know, just talk. Just start. Say something, Steve. Say something. And then I do because he's right there with me. And he helps me out. 
I remember a time, we've tried all kinds of things in the church before. You remember a time where we tried street preaching? We even called it blitzing. We even came up with a fancy word for it, blitzing. And in New York, we would go into the subways and we would street preach and we would blitz and we just try to meet as many people as we could. I went over to London on the first Hope campaign, Hope 1985. And I remember being there and we were street preaching at uh, Speaker's Corner where you can stand up and you can talk about anything. And I can remember getting in line mainly because everybody else got in line. I didn't want to do it. And I remember there getting in line and I was the next one and there's a little soapbox there. And I was the next one up on the soapbox and I was just praying, God, please, please help me out. Please, Jesus, be with me. And he was. I got up and I stood up. And I spoke about New Testament Christianity. And it was a bold move for me to do that because that wasn't me to do things like that. And I started preaching and I started sharing and I got more and more into it. And I can remember, you know, people around me, they just started coming and they started listening. But I also remember that there were some people there that didn't like it. There was one guy who walked by and he threw a peanut at me. (laughs) Hit me right upside the head. And to this day, I wish I'd been faster and I would just leaned over and caught it in my mouth, you know. (laughs) Chewed up that peanut as I kept going. But it bounced off the side of my face. But I am proud to say that I'm the first person ever peanutted for the gospel of Christ. (laughs) And that's because Jesus gave me the courage to get up on that soapbox. And I remember afterwards, another guy caught me afterwards and he came behind me and he said, You're an American. And I wanted to be sarcastic, but I I didn't, you know. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Uh, But I didn't. I was like, yes, sir, I am. And he leaned back like this. He leaned back, and I just knew he was going to spit in my face. I saw it coming. You know, so he leaned back, and I was getting ready to duck, to, to turn, to run. And he leans into me and goes, go home. And I was so happy he didn't spit in my face. I said, thank you so much, sir. I'm leaving at the end of the week. But times like that, that now I have memories about, there's no way I could do those things without Jesus in my life. Because I'm a quiet person by nature. But with Jesus, we can do a lot of things that we're not used to doing. And Jesus, he's there with us, so speak up. Say something. Start the conversation. And see where Jesus takes it. I love this. Jesus is always with us. Jesus is always with me. I carry that with me every day that I know that Jesus is with me. So let's be people that remember the Great Commission. Keep the Great Commission in our lives. Keep the Great Commission in our hearts. I want to close out by just remembering this thought that Jesus is with us. It's a little thing I've written and put it in the book. It's called The With Jesus Life. And it is the fact that Jesus is with us all the time. It ties into this very last thing that Matthew says at the end of his gospel, that it rings out like this symbol, I'm with you always, I'm with you always, I'm with you always. We need to keep that in our mind. I call this the with Jesus life, and I'll close with this. Jesus through the night, Jesus at sunrise, Jesus when the alarm rings, Jesus with the first cup of coffee, Jesus in our quiet time, Jesus in our morning workout. Jesus as we leave the house, Jesus on the morning commute. Jesus in the workplace, Jesus on campus. Jesus when we take the test, 
Jesus at lunchtime, Jesus during the afternoon slump, Jesus on the commute home, Jesus at the dinner table, Jesus on a relaxing evening, Jesus on the golf course, Jesus on the football field, Jesus with the Xbox, Jesus at the movies, Jesus at Starbucks, Jesus in the mall, Jesus in the living room, Jesus when we're far from home, Jesus when we're surfing the net, Jesus when we answer email, Jesus when we text message, Jesus when we're on the phone, Jesus when we serve the poor, Jesus when we encourage a friend, Jesus when we go to bed, Jesus when we sleep, Jesus when we dream, Jesus when we wake up, Jesus for each and every new day. Jesus in every single word, Jesus in every single thing we do, Jesus in every conversation, Jesus in every joke, Jesus in every comment, even Jesus when we sneeze, Jesus every moment, Jesus in every space, Jesus in every relationship, Jesus with mom and dad, Jesus with our spouse, Jesus with our kids, Jesus with our neighbors, Jesus in every action, Jesus in every inaction, Jesus when we're alone, Jesus with our enemies, Jesus with our friends. Jesus when we're up, Jesus when we're down. Jesus when we're gray, Jesus when we're blue. Jesus when we're on top of the world, Jesus when the world is on top of us. Jesus in good times, Jesus in bad. Jesus in feast, Jesus in famine. Jesus in joy, Jesus in sorrow. Jesus in ecstasy, Jesus in tragedy. Jesus in pleasure, Jesus in pain. Jesus in strength, Jesus in weakness. Jesus in smiles, Jesus in frowns. Jesus up, Jesus down. Jesus right, Jesus left. Jesus forward, Jesus behind. Jesus in between. Jesus inside, Jesus outside. Jesus upside down. Jesus 360, Jesus 24-7. Jesus every day, every moment, every minute, every month, every every year. Jesus with us, the with Jesus life. Jesus, Jesus, I love thee. What a friend we have in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Jesus is all the world to me. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Jesus, lover of my soul. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Clothed in Jesus, wrapped in Jesus, enveloped in Jesus, encircled in Jesus, enmeshed in Jesus, engulfed in Jesus, and even embalmed in Jesus. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, the with Jesus life. Amen.